Good morning, family, and welcome to another day on online preaching. And um, it's lockdown, uh, lockdown uh, day 175, and uh, tomorrow we will be going down to lockdown one. So as we start to see the end in sight, we're going to continue with our lesson in uh, um, lesson chapter eight. And this is part three. And where we left off last week, we were speaking about Joseph and how that his life was becoming radically changed in the moment as he was now moving away from um, from his father's house, from a land of freedom into a land of slavery. And uh, we're going to speak today about Joseph and Potiphar's house. And um, we're going to see how Joseph was sold into captivity. And he was brought down to Egypt where he became a servant in part of his house. All right. Now, he suffered in Egypt, but the Bible tells us that the Lord was with him. All right. We read this in Genesis chapter 39, verse 2 to 3. The Lord was with Joseph. And you know, when the Lord is with you, there is nothing that can stand in your way. There is nothing that can stop you. There is nothing that can bring you down. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. We always think that success comes from our own hands. We always think that success comes from who we are. We always think that success comes from our own sweat and our own labor. But the thing is, is that the Lord... Bring success. You want to be successful? Then let the Lord be with you. The Lord was with him. Alright. And that the Lord made all that he did. To prosper in his hand. <clears throat> Alright. He was in the house of his master the Egyptian. I remember who his master was. Now, the thing is, is that now, uh, let's, let's step back a bit, a bit and look at the time of Ishmaelites. All right, they brought in their slave. There is a special market that they would have brought their slaves to to sell the slaves. And it was at that moment that Potiphar was found At this market where he was looking for someone for his household. We do not know who he exactly was looking for. Maybe he needed another servant boy. Maybe he needed someone else to, to, uh, uh, to help out in the kitchen. We don't know. But we do know that when he saw Joseph... He decided he's going to buy Joseph. Now yes, 20 pieces of silver, the brothers sold Joseph to these Ishmaelites. I believe that they got a lot more from Potiphar because Potiphar was a rich man. He was a high-ranking officer in the Egyptian government. <coughs> And Potiphar bought Joseph. He took him home. He placed him under his head, slave. But the Lord was with Joseph. And because the Lord was with Joseph, he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Amen. See, that's what happens when the Lord makes you successful. The world sees. That's what happens when you are walking with the Lord. And the Lord opens the doors for you. The Lord changes things that should fail to become successful. And the world watches and you say, the Lord is with this man. The Lord is with this woman.
Why was the Lord with him? It was because of his faithfulness. Why was the Lord was with him? It was because of the fact that he was being persecuted for righteousness sake. Remember, Jesus too was a suffering servant. And everything that he did also prospered in his hand. We can read a bit in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 10 where it says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. And when you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Genesis chapter 39 verse 46 when we continue with the story it says so Joseph found favor in his sight. See when the Lord is with you and the thing starts to prosper in your hands and the company that you're working for the businesses that you're working for the bosses that you're working for see that they see that the Lord is with you and that things are happening and the things are becoming better because of you you will find favor in their sight. So Joseph found favor in the sight of Potiphar and served him. See, Joseph didn't say, you know what? I'm the bee's knees. He didn't say, you know what? I'm the best employee in this place. You cannot do without me and therefore arrogance comes in. And when arrogance comes in, the Lord leaves. When pride comes in, the spirit leaves. When boasting comes in, the blessings leave. So Joseph found favor in his sight. He served him. And because the Lord was with him, he was promoted. Then Potiphar, he made Joseph overseer of his house. Imagine this now. Joseph was brought in as a young boy. He was brought in as a serving boy. He was brought in as the lowest of the low. And because the Lord was with him, he was promoted. Eventually, he became higher than the, the slave master that was in that house. And even then, throughout this whole thing, he never allowed pride to take control of his life. So Potiphar made him an overseer of his house. And all that he had, he put under his authority. He was in charge over everything. He was in charge of the house. He was in charge of the lands that Potiphar, land, uh, that, uh, Potiphar owned. He was in charge over all the other slaves. Imagine as a young man. Some of those slaves have been in that place for years. Some of them were most probably even born into slavery under Potiphar. They were married. They had family. They served their master. Some of them were very old. And some of them were very young. And also some were maybe even middle-aged. And he has a young man that was being placed in control, was placed into a, a level of command, over all that he had. And I believe that when the Lord blessed him, he also blessed him with wisdom. Can you imagine how it was in the life of Egypt, in this house of Potiphar, when a young Jewish boy was in control over a high-ranking officer's possessions. So it is from that time that Potiphar made him overseer of his house and all that he had. And the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house. Why? Not just because what he did, but because of Joseph's sake. If Joseph was not there, he would not bless Potiphar's house. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. 
And thus Potiphar left all they had in Joseph's hand. He entrusted all that he had, all his finances. He entrusted his books. He entrusted his, his household. He entrusted his land into Joseph's hand. And he did not even know what he had except when he sat down to eat what was on the table. Praise the Lord. Imagine that. You just got yourself a slave. You've seen how he carries himself. You've seen how the Lord has blessed everything that he does. You put him into command and control and you say, you know what? I entrust you so much. I give you full access to my bank account. To everything that I have. To a point where that I don't even have to check up on you. I trust you so much that I wouldn't even see if you're stealing from me because I trust you. And that's what Potiphar did. He did all that. And of course, in this verse, it ends off with, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It's funny that the author would make sure to add this into Scripture, more as if it was a footnote. But we'll come back to that. So when we read the Scripture, Genesis chapter 39, verse 4 to 6, it tells us how Joseph fared as a result of God's blessing upon him, even when he was in adversity. Even when he was found in the very lowest situation. That's where we will find as many times placed into the lower situation and how you handle yourself, the world is watching. The world wants to see who you really are. See, when we get to the lower situation, when we're placed in, in bad situations, the true personality and character normally comes out. We see who we really are. When the rubber meets the road, we see who we really are. When the fire starts to get too hot and burns away all the, the, the um, paper-thin gold plate shininess that we have for all the world to see. The world puts us through such steps and such rigorous uh, uh, situations in order to see who we really are and if we are grounded in the word and we are grounded in the spirit then what happens is that when the going goes gets tough the Christians come out and the Christians gets going so we see here how Potiphar found grace, how Potiphar, I mean, when Joseph found grace in Potiphar's sight, how Joseph served, served Potiphar, he didn't at any time tell Potiphar, you know what, I'm a Jew, I serve the only one high God, I will not serve you, and then sat around sulking. No, he didn't, he served him. And because the manner he served him, Potiphar made him overseer of his house. Joseph, was promoted to the position of a steward in part of his house. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are talking about stewardship in this chapter. Lesson, lesson 8. A life of giving. And what better life which lived the greatest example to all of us was Joseph in the Old Testament. A life of stewardship. And I know this is that when Potiphar made him overseer, he was guaranteeing a huge blessing of his life. He saw that Joseph's stewardship was unique and of high quality. 
And when he entrusted all that he had, he entrusted unto the stewardship of Joseph. <clears throat> when the world entrusts things into our possession, things into our hands, they're entrusting us to the stewardship that we have. Are you getting what I'm saying? It doesn't matter whether it is the world where they give you something in your hand and that it is not really God who's giving it into your, into your hand as you believe, but, but the world giving something into your hand and then you go and blatantly just drop it and say, well, I don't need to do this, I don't need to do that. What happens is this, is that our testimony will not be that strong because they say we entrusted into your life and we entrusted into your hands and because you we're not faithful in what little you had, then we cannot entrust much into your hands and then when that's when God says the same thing. Because when God blesses us, He entrusts us a little to see what we do with it. And when we don't do much with it, we're just like that parable where the man took the talent and he buried it because he was afraid, maybe. That's what the words he said. But other preachers will say that, no, he was too lazy to do much with it. He was not a good steward. He hid it away. You know we have talents that the Lord wants to use in your life, but we don't want to use it. We are selfish because we want to use it for ourselves, for our own benefit. We don't want to use it for the church. We don't want to use it for God. And God says, I will entrust it in your hands. Use it in order to win souls. Use it so that there will be more in my kingdom. And we say, no, it's mine. It's mine alone. I don't want anyone to... I mean, if you have a tenant in, uh, 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 let's say, music, but you hide it away, you say, I won't play in the church anymore. Well, what you are actually saying, even though you say, I don't want to play in the church because of the people, you're actually saying, I don't want to play in the church because of God. God entrusted that to you. And when you play, it's not really for the people that you're playing for, but it's for Him, for His enjoyment. If you have a talent in accounting, but you refuse to use it in church, it's the same thing. Any of your talents, God is entrusted into your hand as a steward. What you do with it brings out the stewardship that you have, the, the blessings that you have over it. So Joseph was promoted to the position of a steward in part of his house. And now everything that was placed into his hands, the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. He left everything in his hand. He did not even know what was on his table. God, Joseph was a goodly person. He was... Highly favored of God. Who God blesses, no man can curse. And when we are acceptable to God, then we will be approved by men. Amen. So we should be working towards gaining favor with God. We should be working towards being acceptable to God. Because then when we are acceptable to God, then men around us, the world around us, will accept us, will be approved. That's why Joseph found favor with Potiphar. We read this, that Joseph was a good administrator. I believe that Joseph was a good administrator because he was blessed with this talent. And God blessed him through that. All that he had under his hand was prospering. Joseph was not lazy. He was a hard working. He was a faithful servant. God was with him. 
and made him prosper and successful. Potiphar's master entrusted him with all the affairs of his household. Joseph became the steward of Potiphar's house because why? He was faithful. And because why? The way of righteousness was established in his life. Think about this. Even though he was uprooted from his home in Canaan and became a slave and part of his house, Joseph bloomed where he was planted. It was a bad situation. He was ripped away from the love of his father. His favorite coat was ripped off his back and torn. His trust in his brothers was broken because they turned against him. They threw him in a the pit. They ignored his cries from the pit. And then they pulled him out roughly and threw him in the hands of a bunch of rough savers who were not going to be very gentle. He cut and sliced his feet along that rocky road towards Egypt. He stood in front of multitudes, embarrassed, torn naked, his clothes removed from him to stand before people who were looking at him to buy him, to be bought like cattle. And then the captain of the guard bought him, took him home, most probably again in chains. Thrown under most probably a very rough man who was in charge of the slaves and part of his house. And that man most probably said, Oh, yeah, he has another one, a dirty scur and all that. And threw him into the water, get washed and so forth and, and surf. And Joseph had every right to be bitter. Joseph had every right to curse the people who were his slave masters. Coming from a land of freedom. Placed under, you could call, a heathen master. A person who did not believe in God. That relationship, that, that sacrifices, that death could not be done anymore. A land of comfort placed into uncomfortable situation. But the Bible tells us that he found favor. He was not bitter. Where Joseph was ripped from his house, from his home, and became a slave and part of his house, and uh, uh, a strange land, a foreign land, Joseph bloomed where he was planted. If Joseph could do it by being faithful and obedient, so can all of us who are here today. Amen. Because he found favor and because he he appreciated what he had, he, he didn't become bitter and, and criticized and was irritated and was uh, 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 slandering and criticizing his situation. He was faithful and obedient, and after his promotion to the position of steward, then came Joseph's time of severe testing of his stewardship. We can read that in Genesis chapter 39. But we're going to continue from verse 7, where it says this, And it came to pass after these things, what things? Well, you see, Joseph was just been promoted. He's just been promoted to head steward of part of his house. He was not dressed in rags. They dressed him in the best clothes that befitted the house of Potiphar. He was placed into a position of authority. 
Joseph was not a small, weak man. Because the scripture says in the last sentence of verse 6, now Joseph was handsome in a form and appearance. So it came to pass after these things that part of his wife, his master's wife, cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said to him, lie with me. We know exactly what lie with me means. To have sexual intercourse. But he refused. Now, he didn't refuse because part of his wife was ugly. <laughs> no. Part of his wife was beautiful. He, she was appealing. For all you know, she walked around dressed in revealing clothing. We do not know. But history dictates the life of the Egyptian woman was that they were beautiful in appearance. The clothes they wore appealed to men. But Joseph withstood her and he refused and he said to her, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. What does this mean? He says that my master is giving me everything under my hand, that he does not even know how rich he is. He does not know what he has because he's entrusted into my hands he does not know if he's a millionaire he does not know if he's a billionaire because he entrusts my judgment and he has committed all that he has to my hand. He has entrusted everything to my hand. I have full authority over everything. It's as if it's mine. Even though I am a steward for my master. But there is no one greater in this house than I. He's telling us that he came in as a slave, as the lowest of the low. And because the Lord was with him, he was promoted to the point of the highest ranking position in this house that there is no one higher than him, of course, besides his master and his wife. He says, nor has he kept anything back from me. I can go anywhere, anywhere in this house. All the doors are open to me. But you... Because you are his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You see, this is the problem is, is that many times when we're placed in a situation where that you are a steward, everything's been trusted in your hands, but there will come a time when you might say, well, let me skip a little bit off the top. No one will know. Let me do this. No one will know. What they don't know will not Hurt them. Have you ever heard of that? Have you ever said it yourself? But listen to what Joseph says. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Notice, Joseph did not say, How can I do this great wickedness and sin against Potiphar? Because it's not against Potiphar that it will be sinning against, it will be against God. Because God has entrusted into Joseph's hands. This great thing of, of, of Potiphar, all the possessions of Potiphar, all the things that Potiphar has, God entrusted into his hand. Not Potiphar entrusted, God did. Because God trusted him because he gave him something small and Joseph went through it and he uh, uh, succeeded in being uh, uh, a steward in the little that God gave him. Therefore, the God increased and increased until Joseph was in charge over the entire household of Potiphar. And therefore, it was, it was God who blessed Joseph. It was God who placed him into that position, even though, Joseph, even though Potiphar was instrumental in that. And at the end of the day, God, Joseph looks at this and says, You know what? I am blessed and highly favored because God blessed me. And here is the great test when 
this woman who's beautiful beyond descriptions asked me to lie with her and I've been placed in control. There's no one higher than me. I am in control of this entire house. I'm in, in control of this entire land. And believe me, it's not small. This guy is a millionaire, a billionaire, I do not know. But there's only one person who's not been put under my control and that is part of his wife. And I cannot do this and sin against God. How many of you have ever said that? It's because we forget where our blessings come from. We forget how we got into a position was because of God. We forget that all that we have and all that we possess is not ours, it's God's. We forget that our salary we get every day is not from us, it is is God. We forget that the blessings that we receive every day is not from man, but it's from God. And when God comes one day and brings along in our paths a test, we forget everything that belongs to God and therefore we go and do it of our own selfish reasons in order to satisfy our own flesh and therefore we fail the tests and therefore we fail as being good stewards. Don't worry. When you get back on your feet, that test is still there. You have not passed the test until you have. We always think that as we go through these tests, that it will never come back. It will never come around again. But believe me, it will come around again. Because why? You need to pass it in order for you to pass it in order to get to the next step of stewardship. So here is now Joseph. He says, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And do you think it's past? No, it's not past. Because why? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day. Sin does not leave you for a day. Sin does not leave you for a month. It will come day by day. It will come and haunt you till eventually you either succumb to it. Or you continue in the faithfulness in God. Being a good steward means we are faithful to what God has given us. And you know when God blesses us, He expects something in return. That's a good steward. He says, I will give you these blessings, but I expect my tithe. I expect my offering. You know, we think that all that we have in our hands is ours. We think that all that we have is no one else's but is ours from our own sweat of our brow. But at the end of the day, the Lord says, I still expect at least something back. Because why? That money is not yours, it's mine. And by you being faithful and bringing back into my storehouse, I can bless you some more. By you not bringing back the spiritual law means that I cannot bless you anymore. And what happens is that the devil is allowed to meddle in your finances. Because there's no protection. <laughs> you know, like one time I even said, it's like paying protection money. Because the Lord will protect what is ease. But when we say it's ours and ours, then the devil comes in and steals it. And the Lord says, I can't do anything. Because why? You're stolen from me. You're not giving back to me. I can't protect what you say is not mine. Therefore, the devil can take what what he wants. And therefore, we find ourselves in a position where we are poorer than we should. So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. He had a job to do. And she was now interfering in his work. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his work and that none of the men of the house was inside. And this woman was becoming desperate 
that she caught him by his garment and she demanded say lie with me she held on with such panic with such desire with such her hold was so great that he could not get away from her that he left his garments in her hand and fled and ran outside you know what paul says flee from all temptations He did not say, walk away. He did not say, okay, well, run away. When he said flee, it meant that you run like you are afraid for your life. And that's what Joseph did. He fled outside. And then so it was, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, she became angry. She was upset. You know what they say? Beware of a woman scorned. She felt that this man was not responding to her beauty and her sexualness. She felt very upset. So when we look at this, what do we have here? Okay? We see that Mrs. Potiphar was very persistent in trying to seduce Joseph. But he was equally resolute in maintaining his integrity before God. We can see that through his, his uh, 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 response. Mrs. Potiphar tempted Joseph every day. She most probably, when the husband's gone, wore extra revealing clothing. For you know, she was really nearly half naked. She wanted Joseph so much. As one of the sayings in Jamaica is more than how dry peas want fire. And Joseph's refusal to commit adultery made her so desperate. That she finally became physical and she tried to get hold of him. Must already thrust herself upon her. uh, Upon him. Pushing herself against him. I'm trying to get this imagery so you can see how desperate she was. And how Joseph was at the point where he was getting desperate to run away. (laughs) She caught hold of him. But he resisted the temptation. To a point where that he had to. Run away. See, Joseph not only knew his position, but he also knew his place. He says, I am in one of the very highest positions in this house. But I know my place with you. You, I have no authority over. You, I do not control. You, I do not take as a position because you are not mine you are my master's wife he had a healthy fear and respect for God because he said I cannot sin and do this great wickedness against God and he knew that if he had succumbed to this temptation it would have been a sin against his God and whether Potiphar found out or not Joseph's main concern was not for Potiphar but it was for God what would God think He understood that being as a steward that God has placed into his hands all the things of part of his house, he was accountable to God. How many of you could say that? In all the things that you do, whenever you do something, do you ever think, is God pleased with what I just did? Whenever you do something, do you ever think, 
are you doing for God? When you do something due to the best of your ability, when at the end of the day, will God be pleased with what you did? Joseph knew that all he did, whether in secret or whether in public, he was doing it for God. He was accountable to God because God has blessed him. He understood where his blessings were coming from. He understood who was blessing him. That this was not man that was blessing him. It was not man that had put him to this position and to this situation, but it was God that brought him to such a point because there was a time that eventually when it came to, uh, to pass that he was in the right place at the right time in order to save his own people. Joseph understood that as a steward, he was accountable to God. The Bible has given us great counsel as it relates to the acts of adultery and fornication. Proverbs chapter 6 tells us about the dangers of adultery. And we've got to read from verse 23. It says this, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of a seductress. Do not lust over her beauty in your heart, nor let her allure you with her eyelids. For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a crust of bread. An adulteress will prey upon his precious life. Amen. Are you getting this? Can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burnt? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her shall not be innocent. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. Yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Wounds and dishonor he will get. And his reproach will not be wiped away. For jealousy is a husband's fury. Therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will accept to no re recompense. Nor will he be appeased. Though you give many gifts. Amen. He that does it destroys his own soul. Paul spoke about the proper stewardship of our temples when it comes to fornication. When I talk about temples, I'm talking about our bodies. He wrote these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15 to 20. He says this, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, referring to God, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. What did Joseph do? Joseph fled. He fled sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know? That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It's not your body, it's God's. You're a steward over it. 
If we as a church are indulging in acts of adultery and fornication, God is saying to us today that we must stop it. Because he knows our works. God expects us to be faithful as well in this area of our lives. So let's get back to the problems that Joseph was facing and continued to encounter because of his faithfulness and righteousness. After Joseph's rejection of her, Mrs. Potiphar used his garment. Alright? Let's, let's look at that. Joseph just ran away. He just fled. She is upset. Most probably what's going through her mind is this, is that, does he not think I am beautiful? Does he not think that I am sexy? Does he not like my body? Is there something wrong? She was scorned. She was upset. She was angry. And he had just left evidence in her hand. She felt rejected. And you know when a woman is rejected, we know through stories how, I don't want to say evil, <laughs> but how revengeful they become. So, after Joseph's rejection of her, Mrs. Potiphar, we don't even know what her name is, so we've got to call her Mrs. Potiphar, used his garment which he had left behind to accuse him of trying to force her to sleep with him. And we know the story is that it's the other way around. Alright? We know that she was trying to force herself upon him, but no one else knows. I think that this whole story where that every time when she was tempting him was because they were alone in the house. There was no one else in the house. So there was no one else to back up Joseph's side to say, no, he's innocent. She's the guilty one. So Potiphar was able to accuse him of trying to force her to sleep with him. Alright? Remember when I said she scorned? Have you ever heard that saying where hell hath no fury like a woman scorned? She was spurned. She was rejected. And therefore... Potiphar's wife resorted to lies. And we know the story where that Potiphar, when he heard this, when he came home and heard this, he was angered by his wife's allegation. Imagine this, he felt betrayed. I have entrusted this man into my house. I have seen what he has done. I believed his testimony. To a point where I've given everything, I, and I told him, my wife is not under your control. You don't have, I'm not giving my wife under your, your hand. I'm giving everything but my wife. That's why even uh, Joseph said, I have all that is under my hand except for you. Because you are my master's wife. I have no control. And now everything that I've given, everything I've entrusted, you have broken my trust. Because this is what my wife is saying. And you know what? I'd rather trust my wife. You, have you ever... Been in a situation to a point where that everything that you entrusted someone, but at the end of the day, a person who's the closest to you, you'll trust more than the person that you have entrusted everything to. Part of his wife came to him and told him this is what happened, and he believed her because he's she's his wife. So what did he do? Potiphar had Joseph thrown into prison. Now imagine how Joseph must have felt. He must have said, no, she is wrong. She is lying to you. 
He must want to try to convince everyone about his innocence. And therefore at this point, Joseph must probably be sitting there thinking that life was just not fair. Just because he was living a God-centered life, he was still being rewarded with evil. You know, most of the times we go through our various crucibles and trials, we go through our situations, we go through our persecutions and prosecutions, we often tend to think that God has forsaken us. You know, there's a saying in Jamaica, what Joseph might have thought, there's a saying in Jamaica that everywhere me turn, maka joke me. Or, they say, if me bite tripe, me get bone. Hope you got that. Every time and every way that Joseph was going, it seems like it's a joke. When he goes and buys something, you know, you get something else that you have not paid for. Something worse. No meat. But however it is at those times, that we need to remember that when we are down on our luck, when we feel as we are on the lowest of the low, that God is always working on our behalf. When we place in a situation, we feel that, you know what, I think I made a mistake. I think I took a wrong turn here somewhere. I don't think this is where God wanted me to be, but you might be exactly where God needs you to be. You might not be wanting to be in that place, but God needs you there for a purpose. And God is working on our behalf. And we know that the same was true for Joseph because God was continuing to prepare Joseph for a greater task of stewardship. He says, Joseph, you're not ready yet. There is a greater position of stewardship I need you to take care of. And this is a preparation time. You know, when we find ourselves in a great high position and suddenly everything is ripped out of our hands, we feel that's it. And we turn our back on God. And God says, but i got something greater in store. There is something along its way that will even take you higher. Many times God has to take us lower in order to take us higher. And we're going to close today's sermon in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28. And we read this, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Not our purpose, His purpose. Do you think that because it's not conducive to how you feel, we never stop and ask, well, what is the purpose of this? Is there a lesson that I need to learn in this? Is it somewhere that the Lord is trying to lead me that will take me to even a higher height? Joseph came from a land of freedom. A beloved son of Israel, well and highly loved, spoiled, given a coat of many colors that was his favorite. I think people already around the country knew when they saw Joseph walking, when they could see this blinding Myriad of colors on this coat. His brothers hated it. They could even see him from a distance coming. Beat him up and threw him in a pit and tore up his favorite coat. His pride and joy. Shove him to the hands of rough slavers. His feet that knew. Only shoes suddenly had to kick every stone and slice itself on every rock going to Egypt. And they did not rest. Embarrassed and ridiculed and stood before 
foreigners naked so they can buy him like cattle at a market. He thought his life was over. He thought his life was it. Done. Then a man bought him, took him home, placed him under a head slave who must probably boxed him behind the ears and said, go get yourself cleaned up, washed, and prepare yourself for the household of the great and high-ranking officer, the captain of the guard, who had audience with the pharaoh every day. And any time, Potiphar and Joseph listened, obeyed, did everything that he was told. And because of his obedience and because of his, his nature, the Lord did not forget about Joseph. He looked after him. He blessed him. Everything that he did prospered. And was blessed. He was given menial work. And Joseph did it with a smile. He was given the worst of the worst. I think that headmaster was looking for ways uh, of, of, of breaking him down, breaking his spirit. But everything he did, he smiled. And eventually, Potiphar asked, who is the slave? Because, I, I mean, Potiphar won't remember every slave he bought. Oh, that's Joseph. Remember the slave you bought from the market, a Jewish slave. Why is he smiling? Well, that's the thing. He does it. Everything I give him, the worst, he does it and he does it well. Remember those things that were broken the other day that, that we had cast out? He fixed it. You know that thing that we could never clean? He cleaned it. Of course, they won't say that God was with them because they did not believe in God. They had so many other gods. Maybe they did say that Ra was with, is with him, their sun god. Remember, this is Egypt we're talking about. People started to notice. People liked this man who brought joy to the dark and dreary days. Potiphar started to notice. He said, well, give him another position. Give him another position and he did that also very well. The things that were under his hand start to prosper, start to grow and start to, to become, you know, there was order. Nothing went missing. Because why? Joseph was a good steward. Potiphar started to take notice. Again, he promoted him. And again, Joseph prospered. People were saying, this young man, you can trust him. There were things that were in a place where many of them had put it in their own pockets. Say, well, you know, no one would know. But this guy, he refused to do it. Because why? He says, I cannot do it. It's not right. Things that could easily take a walk stayed when Joseph was around. Did not disappear. And again and again and again, he got promotions to eventually part of a promotion to the highest level in the house. Where he was even in charge over his own master. When I talk about his master, I'm talking about the slave master, not Potiphar. And Potiphar came to a point where he entrusted him so much that he did not care about what he had in his house. Because why? Joseph would know and whatever Joseph does, it, it remains good. He was being blessed. And then a day of temptation came. And if Joseph had succumbed to the temptation, it would have been brought down. You know what the Bible says? Is that what you do in the dark will be brought into the light. 
If Joseph had succumbed to the sin, it would have been brought into the light. Therefore, his testimony would have been nullified. God would have had to look for another steward. It might have been too late because there was a famine coming along the way. As we read later on in the story. Many times the Lord gets us ready for a situation that's coming up. And if we fail, then the Lord has to look for someone else. Because he cannot use someone with a failed testimony. Joseph was taken higher and higher in that position. And eventually he came to a point of temptation where this beautiful wife of his master demanded that Joseph sleep with her. He refused to a point where that she was so scorned that she accused him. And all his rights and all his position was ripped out of his hands and he was thrown into prison. He must have sat there and said, Now, Lord, is this my destination? Was this the purpose where I come to a certain level and then you rip everything out and you throw me down again? Is this what you're looking for? You know, many times we say that. Many times we think that. We never know what the Lord's plan is. Imagine as if we were in Joseph's shoes and we find ourselves thrown in prison. What would you think? How many of you would curse God? We know the story, the end result, but if you were in Joseph's shoes, you did not see the future. You did not know what was coming. You would have thought that all that I did was for nothing. Many times when we find ourselves in a point of history, we cannot see the future. We don't know what the purpose is. And sometimes we, try, we, we fall into depression. But we're going to talk about more about this next week. When we continue with the story of Joseph. Amen. Joseph, the steward, the life of giving. So let us close in prayer. Our Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time that we've had together. Lord, you have given much into our hands that maybe we not have even noticed the blessings that you have blessed us with. We might not know about what you have placed in your hands, in our hands, Lord. Because we think that many of the things that we do is of our own power. The many things that we do is of our own uh, uh, strength. But I thank you, Lord, for the blessings you've blessed us in our lives. I thank you, Lord, for for the stewardship that you've entrusted to us, Lord. And Lord, yes, we do fail many times over because maybe the power of flesh is a bit too much in our lives. But help us, Lord, strengthen our spiritual life, strengthen us to a point where, Father God, that we will be able to, to avoid temptation. I mean, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that we are not tempted beyond what we can bear. That there is always a way out for us to flee from it. Help us to always see that way out, just like Joseph saw, that when he had to flee, he had to flee. I pray, our Father, that every one of us will be a Joseph. And that, Lord, we will be entrusted with what we have in our hands. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, you will bless us in all that we do. And that the little that we have, that we will be satisfied with what you have given, knowing that we, being a steward of so little, will increase to be a steward of much. And let us not fail in this, Lord, but rather that we step every single day in the blessings, in the close relationship with you, Lord, so that people around us will look at us and they'll see that truly 
the Lord is with them. Uh, Heavenly Father, I pray for also for those who are sick and weary in body, that you'll bless them, oh Father God, you'll strengthen them, Lord, for the task that you've set before them. And that, Lord, oh Father God, every one of us will be successful in what we do, oh Father, and that at every and single time we'll know that what we do is for your glory. So when people speak about us, they'll say, you know what, the Lord is upon that person. That person is serving the Lord. And that our testimonies will speak out louder than what we could ever speak it out. Heavenly Father, I pray, our Father, for this time. And I pray, our Father, that we'll walk closely hand in hand with you, Lord. And I thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, and the church says, Amen. Amen.